0: Hey, what's up? It's Brian Scalabrini, the White Mamba, also 2008 world champion, Boston Celtics. Now, you're listening to the Boston Big Three podcast, presented by Ride the Wave Media.
1: All right, Boston's Big Three, episode 68, uh, presented by Ride the Wave Media. An unlikely crew today. We're going to introduce uh, Ryan Sheehan and Dante Toro of the Chasing Banners podcast. Uh, you could catch up on their Twitters at Dante on Deck and I believe like 401 Sheehan. I looked at this right before. That's what I thought. Check them out on Twitter. They're big on Twitter. Uh, yeah, you guys, run, you guys want to introduce yourselves a little more, talk about your podcast, talk about really that we're about to do an NBA heavy show. I figured us three, we had a history working together in the past talking basketball let's just bring the bring the band back together as the, hey. the bubble is <laughs> coming to a, to a open so how are we boys
2: i'm doing good man i appreciate you uh having us on uh for everyone that doesn't know my name's dante toro you can follow me on twitter at dante on deck there you know i just cover all things boston celtics you know i have my my blog me and ryan have our our own podcasts uh chasing banners our celtics podcast hoops caviar is our just Brand like just entirely talking about basketball and, uh, you know, now that we have the season coming back up, I'm excited to, you know, put out more content, talk about the games that will be coming up and it's, it's a pretty exciting time.
0: And for me, what's going on, guys? I'm Ryan Sheehan. I go by my last name most of the time, Sheehan. It is the greatest Irish name in the world. And Dante hears, hears me say that every week. Every week. Um. Yeah, I'm 401 Sheen on Twitter. I cover the Celtics, uh, the Pats, basically all sports and all buffoonery. So if you want to find anything funny or just some stuff to laugh at, you can find my Twitter. Uh, I also have my own podcast called Sheen's World, uh, which is, you know, I just bring guests on, and it's basically everything's off the dome, so there's no segments, anything like that. Yep, Uh, Miller's been on there. That was an awesome episode, by the way. And uh, also got Chasing Banners with Dante and Hoops Caviar with Dante. So, uh, yeah, just a little bit of everything, and I'm so happy to be on. Thanks for having us on, Miller. All
1: right, first things first. Today is July 30th, Thursday, which means the NBA is coming back today exactly in an hour from now. Recordings at 530 30. Jazz Pelicans start the season, but then that's kind of like, like when you go to a concert and there's just like the opening act that nobody really cares about the opening act. The main event tonight we got Lakers Clippers battle of L.A. We'll see what happens with, I don't know, all this time off to see who the king of L.A. really is. But from the jump, you pick one of these two teams to make it to the finals. Who are you picking, the Lakers or the Clippers? At the beginning of the year,
2: my choice was originally the Clippers. Like, you know, when they, they signed Kawhi Leonard, they made the trade for Paul George. And, I mean, from the get-go, I mean, they had a solid, well-rounded roster. And throughout the season, they just, just added on so many more pieces. Like, they got Reggie Jackson, Marcus Morris coming off the bench now. They signed Joakim Noah that started one of their scrimmage games. And it's, like, not only is their starting five just so so great, but it's, like, then you look at their bench and it's, like, that's, that could be a starting five on, like, you know, like a, a crappy team, like the Knicks or something like that. Like you got Reggie, Lou Will, Marcus Morris. Picked up uh, Joakim. Montrez, Joakim. Like, you know, like, that's a solid team. I think they have the best roster in the NBA. But I'm saying that, but then as the season went on, I kind of, you know, changed my pickup a little bit. Now I'm starting to think it might be the Lakers that do it. I just think – I know the media has been kind of playing into it. Like, they've been tying – you know the whole mvp race with lebron saying how he should win it cuz everything he went through with kobe passing and like his old age and everything i personally believe the day that kobe bryant passed away one of the things i was thinking of was like wow okay the lakers might win it all this yeah, year yeah that now. was like, the first thought i had. i literally was like okay like they are literally going to use this as the biggest motivation to just chase a ring bring the city of los angeles just just cheer them up to just bring them that that sense knowing that lebron james carried them to another title after everything with kobe and i just think lebron's gonna be i mean playoff lebron is one of the best players that it, that has ever touched the basketball and just him having this extra motivation now doing it for kobe uh he posts on instagram today saying like the the marathon continues like this is for kobe and it's just like damn like i think they're gonna get it done this year and plus you have anthony davis like that it's probably the best duo in the NBA. So I think the Lakers are going to win it all now.
0: Yeah. At the beginning of the year, uh, I was the same thing with Dante. I had the Clippers just because of the roster they were coming up with. And then obviously wherever Kawhi goes, it's obvious that they're going to be a title contender. So I saw the team that was built around him. And then I just saw that whole team. And I was like, the Clippers are definitely going to be the team coming out of the West and the team to beat in LA. But then After everything that happened with Kobe, like Dante just said, this is something we do a lot, by the way. We agree (laughs) on a lot of things. Um, (laughs) I I noticed that LeBron was given a new motivation. And the last thing you want to do is motivate that man because he's the scariest man to – one of the scariest players ever in the NBA, touch the court. So you do not want to motivate him. So, my pick coming out of the West and especially out of LA is going to be the Lakers just because LeBron is just completely unstoppable when he gets to the playoffs. We know how he plays when he's in the regular season, the playoffs is a whole different story from him. Whole different story. So, that's the team I have to be in LA. There's two things that I noticed like right away. Like, I've been watching
1: just random scrimmages one it's going to be an open gym run the whole time there's there's no no one to boo you if you take a terrible shot there's no one to criticize you like really anything like that so that's like the whole momentum gets taken away um so i think these are gonna be crazy high scoring games so it's gonna be who can keep up with who because i see nothing but fast breaks nothing but pace and just quick offense because like we said there's there's no other external factors influencing what happens in the game second thing this is a stretch because Anthony Davis is one of the best players in the NBA. We've never seen him in the playoffs. Obviously, this isn't the playoff atmosphere that everyone would compare what makes a caliber player a player. Uh, but we saw him that one year against Golden State. And then, no, they actually beat the the Jazz. Okay, so we saw a little in the playoffs, but we never seen him get Western Conference Finals, Eastern Conference Finals, whatever it is. Do I think he's going to be bad? No, obviously not. But we've never seen the, the bright lights, quote-unquote, are on and everybody's watching. Obviously, like I keep saying, it's going to be a little different this year. But still, like, when it comes down to the last four teams, who can find out which way to work? we never seen Anthony Davis there. We have seen Kawhi there. We have seen LeBron there. We've seen uh, – bunch of people in the Celtics, Giannis scattered throughout the East more say, but that West is obviously going to be between Lakers Clippers. And I think it goes down just the Lakers strictly because LeBron strictly because, uh, the way they operate, you don't see, you don't see Lou will on the Lakers pulling up to a strip club and getting slapped on the wrist, 10 day quarantine. If that's the case and LeBron's lost the team, I, I don't know. I think they, this is more of a business trip for the people in LA because as opposed to the Clippers, the Lakers have a lot more vets that are big names. Used to be a lot better than what their name tells them now. Like the Deion Waiters of the world, the Javale McGee's, Dwight Howard's,
0: uh, Mr. Uh, Celtics killer. Yeah, J.R.
1: Smith. <laughs> they're they're fitting in their role at least this year. Um, Waiters and Smith have only played in the scrimmages, but their job is just to shoot the ball every time they touch it, like that always has been. But you see McGee and Dwight Howard having crazy bounce back years. I'm not sure if the Clippers can hang with that. Maybe like you have Montrezl Harrell, but they're not anyone. Outside of Zubach, wicked tall to cover Anthony Davis, Javale McGee, and Dwight Howard, that front court trio. But I don't know. We'll see what happens tonight, Game One. Uh, in terms of the East, this is more of a an open field. I feel it, it can go down to Milwaukee. It can go down to the Celtics, Raptors, and I'll throw Philly in for pity. But other than that, I don't <laughs> see I don't see any other team. I don't see the Heat really making all that noise. Like, they, they were a good regular season team. I don't know. Like, I just don't see them being anything. Plus, they've just been living in Florida this whole time where everybody in the world has corona. can't be true. good. So, I don't know. What are your thoughts in the East? More say, so, I guess, these top four teams right at the bat. I mean, if we're being, like, you know, we're being real here, I mean, it
2: should be Milwaukee. That's the team that, you know, takes the cake in the Eastern Conference. I mean, especially after last season. I mean, Giannis is – He's on pace. He's most likely going to win the MVP for a second straight year. There's a very good chance he wins the Defensive Player of the Year, and and he would be the third player ever to win both of those awards in the same season. Michael Jordan and Hakeem Olajuwon are the only other two guys to do it. He's just having a legendary season. The Bucks have the best regular season record, you know, especially after losing in the playoffs last year, the Eastern Conference Finals to Kawhi in the Raptors. Uh, they lost 4-2, I'm Pretty sure they're up to nothing, and then they lost four straight. I just think they have that extra motivation, that extra push. And Milwaukee, the organization alone, is really banking on um, a finals appearance because I feel like if the Bucks don't make it that far again, you know they they have the roster that they have, everything they have, all the pieces around Giannis, and they don't make it to the finals, you know that could be a bad that could be a bad sign that Giannis might not be staying there long term. He might look to go somewhere else in the next uh, when he hits free agency after next season. Um, But I think Milwaukee, they should be the clear-cut favorite to make it out of the East. I do believe the Raptors have a good shot of making some noise. Them and the Celtics, I believe, are neck and neck. I believe they're on par with each other, like, just Um, talent-wise. I personally think that the Celtics have one of the best, if not the best, starting five in basketball. you got three guys averaging 20 points a game, Gordon Hayward averaging over 17, and Daniel Tice, that's a utility big man that just does everything for you but the raptors have guys that have you know been to the finals they have won the finals they have that championship experience and Nick Nurse is one of the best coaches in the NBA if not the best coach so i think those two teams are the biggest threat to take out the bucks um, i like your pity throwing for the uh, for the 76ers i'm they're not doing anything they're, they're not going to do anything players. i think that they're going to have that hype like i i've been watching like espn like first take get up and all that stuff and People are starting to think that the Sixers are going to be the biggest threat to the Bucs now that they're seeing Ben Simmons shoot more. Yeah. And everything Ben Simmons ha. shoots a three on like, the internet. Like, I'm like, come on. I mean, and they came out this report where it's like he had to go to a uh, – like a psychologist we had to go see someone about shooting a jump shot. Like, I'm not trying to, like, shit on the guy. But, I mean, in his just head. shoot the basketball, man. You don't got to make, like, all this extra stuff. Just, like, get out there. Twitter's in his in head, Dante. If you're open, just you shoot the basketball. Like, what – that Tyler creator tweeted out, he goes, cyberbullying anything, just, like, shut your phone off, close your eyes or something. Like, ignore what the people are saying. Go out there, play basketball. Like, do it, your thing. It's but, not
1: even make threes. It's just put them up. Like, who
2: cares? Yeah, it's, that's fun. the thing. It's like, you're going to, like – The only way to get better at it is to keep shooting, keep keep practicing. If you're not out there shooting, attempting threes, you're not going to get better at it. Like, there's only so much you can do in practice. If you don't bring it on uh, to the court when you're actually playing, it doesn't mean anything. So, wait, aren't they moving him to power forward and Al to the bench now? I I heard that they were going to move him to the power forward. I mean, if they're doing that, I'm assuming that Al Horford would get benched. I heard uh, Shake Milton. Yeah. Starting for that. I
1: mean, he went off one game who do they yeah pick? he did he 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 like have 50 one or something it was <laughs> yeah, just the most random 50 game. piece i've ever seen in my life All uh, right. let's go totally biased celtics right now um uh, okay realistic expectations and then what, what do we actually want to see happen but like what do, what do we think is gonna happen versus oh the celtics are going to the championship which i personally do because i keep thinking they will and i think i'm feeding into that i haven't watched celtics basketball in months and every single time I see a tweet I I get into it I'm like all right, yeah like when I see Ennis Cantor saying like oh we have the best chemistry in basketball I'm like you've been here for 45 minutes but
0: I believe you (laughs) like I'm not gonna say no
1: to him you just want to like eat into it bro you just want to feed
2: into that because I genuinely genuinely do believe that the Celtics can make it to the finals like I I, I do believe that whatever team comes out of the West is going to be the team that wins it all like I just think the Lakers Clippers are the two best teams in the league and you know, whoever comes out of the West, they're going to win it. But the Celtics, they can take it to the box. They can take yeah. it to the Raptors. They can take it to any team. Like if they go to the finals, which, you know, if they beat the box, it would be six, seven games, like without a doubt, like it would be a very, very tough match, a very long matchup. And would, if they played the Lakers, the Clippers, they've beaten, it's one, one, the series is tied for both teams. The Lakers beat the Celtics by two, Early in the season when they didn't have Kemba Walker, then the Celtics beat them by 31, 32 points at home. Clippers, they lost them in overtime, but they beat them again in double overtime at home. Like, they can go toe-to-toe with any of these teams. I just don't – I think people are, like, just thinking that if the Celtics go up against these teams, like the Bucs, the Lakers, the Clippers, like, it would just be, like, oh, easy win for the other team. Like, no, I think whoever the Celtics can go up against in the playoffs, if they make it to the finals, they're going to make that other team work for it. Like, if they're going to win that series, like, they're going to make them work for it.
0: Yeah, I got to agree. Like, the Celtics, I honestly believe that the Celtics can make it to the finals. It The tough task would be to take on the Bucks, but we knew that going in all season. Like, we knew that Giannis was going to be, like, extremely good, so it's not really a surprise I mean, going up against Colonel Chris Middleton every time is like playing Michael Jordan. So, or Jesus that's, Christ. Yeah, literally God himself. So, that's an issue we got to figure out is how to take out God. Um, but... We um, <laughs> should take out God. Yeah, yeah, but seriously, I do think this team can make it to the finals. And you weren't making a joke about Enes Kanter being here for like 45 minutes and talking about chemistry. But... I truly believe they do yeah. have the best chemistry really in all mean. of basketball. I do, because the way those guys mesh together is unlike anyone else in the league. I just think them being so young and being together for, like, that, for these amount of years now has just made them such a better team. So if they are all healthy and they're all on top of their games and playing like they're supposed to, like if Jason Tatum plays like he did in the scrimmages, then no. But uh, again, they were just scrimmages. But if he plays like he did for the month where he's averaging 30 points per game, then yeah, hell yeah. With Jalen averaging 20 a game and then Emma well, going off for 20 a game.
1: Well, people forget Jalen Brown has not stepped foot on the floor whenever they placed the, uh, the Bucks this season. He sat out every game because That's he said he's, wait, he's waiting it out to see what they have for Giannis, what they have for the Bucks. He, he didn't play a single game against the Bucks this season. Jalen's uh, going to be their best player. Throughout the postseason. The way this is going to shake out, what, we're probably going to get three seed because we're three behind, what, you play eight playing games. I think we're three behind the Raptors. Yeah. So, I think it's going to be Bucks, Raptors, us, either Heat or Sixers at four and five, then Pacers. So, what, we're probably going to see Pacers. And they don't have Sabonis, too. The Sixers have the our this year, though. Yeah, but they don't have Sabonis. They don't have Oladipo. So that puts us three six. That would be what one four would be. Bucks and either Heat slash Sixers. I'm assuming. So we're probably going to do paces, Raptors, and then most likely Bucks. If that's the if that's the likely outcome, if we do make it, Pacers. I think it's like last year. We sweep them. It's a wash. Then we face the Raptors or the Heat, depending on who it is. Those are teams that we do beat the heat we struggle against the Raptors but in the bubble I feel anything goes you have no idea what's going to happen but this is why I keep saying this just looks like such casual pickup like those like Chris Brickley videos that you see during the offseason a bunch of players that run an open hoop and like just in an open gym. except this is legitimate sass this is a legitimate game I don't know if the intensity is going to be there what are your guys I guess just overall thoughts on the early scrimmages of the bubble and how that, that they try to mimic real-life gameplay to virtually
0: just an open wreck. I think, like, just – no, go ahead, Ryan. You go ahead. I was going to say, well, to start out, one guy who I could see, like, really having, like, a difference in their game without there being fans there because of stage fright or something like that is Carson Edwards. I'm just going to put that out there because I think Carson Edwards could really change up in his, his game, and I think that's one of the main issues he had was trying to just solidify all the hype that he had coming into the season. So if there's no fans there and he comes off the bench and he's scoring like like 20 a game or, I don't know, something crazy, then we're going to know the issue is he's just afraid of people. Uh, <laughs> I think it's going to be really hard to maintain the same level of intensity that you do in the regular season or when there's just fans there. Because honestly, the fans make such a difference. That When it's fourth quarter, two minutes left in the game, it's like very close game. The fans are making a massive difference. The amount of noise they bring, the amount of intensity, everything. So really at the late stages of the games, I think we're really going to see a difference in how players are playing. Like we won't really see as much intensity. But overall, I think it's giving guys a chance who do get stage fright. If there is guys out there, which I believe Carson Edwards was one to just ball out. So I'm kind of hyped to see just how this all works out. Well,
1: even based off that, I, I've said this on previous episodes, but I feel is that the people who are going to be affected by this bubble the most are like the role players, the bench players, who see X amount of game, uh, minutes per game, simply because if you're a role player, you get like 12 to 18 minutes a game. You'd re- much rather play at home. You have the crowd behind you. You know the gym. You know the course. And then like if you hit a shot, the crowd gets a little like wild. You hit another shot. Then you start feeling it because of the you know, people behind you. Or if you're on the road as a role player and, like, you just air ball or you do anything like that, you're just going to get sharp relentless mm-hmm. and then you could get in your head that way. There's going to be no fans this way, so you have no idea who's going to be doing what. Like, you see J.R. Smith go six for seven from three. He's a, bad, he's a bad example because I think he could do that anywhere because it doesn't matter where he is. He's just going to shoot. But say, <laughs> say it was like a Romeo Lankford or something like that going six for seven from three. Or like what we say like a Grant Williams or something. Just crazy shooting. I don't know if that would translate to the road. Uh, and I think that's what we see one team I wanted to bring up because Dante, I know you always say you like the nuggets. I think the nuggets do well in this bubble simply because Denver has a loyal fan base for the NBA teams. And I don't know the win loss record at home in a way, but I feel as if every time they're on the road, they don't really get a win because I don't, I, they just can't piece it together. They're, they're similar to the Celtics and they have a lot of young talent. They built through themselves. Uh, they got what? Two steals in the draft that Michael Porter jr. And bowl If They can remain healthy, but you never know
2: yeah no I mean I think the bubble and the whole not playing in front of fans no home or away advantage I think it's going to benefit teams more that are going to be playing that would have to play away a lot on the in the playoffs so for example the Celtics we have to go up against the Raptors or the Bucks in the second round in the the Eastern Conference finals playing in Toronto is a tough place to play like Toronto just going in there like they have fans like just they have the whole they don't have just that area they don't have just a city or a town behind them they have an entire country behind them like though going into Toronto for any team it's tough to go in there and get a win especially in a seven game series if it went seven Boston would have to go to Toronto four times so right there that's an advantage for Boston same with Milwaukee Milwaukee were 28 and three at home so you're telling me Boston doesn't have to go to Milwaukee now, they don't have to worry about going up against a team that lost 3 times at home the entire year. Like that's huge. I mean, and you can say that about any team, but like especially the Celtics, depending on what their matchups be and or assuming that they would have to go up against the Raptors and the Bucks. And a team like the Nuggets, I mean, if we want to talk about sleeper teams, I mean, the Nuggets are the 3rd seed in the Western yeah. Conference. And I feel like people like people talk about like okay, you got your top tier, you got the Bucks, lakers clippers and then after that it's like celtics raptors rockets like and i understand that because the rockets they're the sixth seed but like they have two mvp four, two former mvps yeah, we know that they, they know you know what they can do but the nuggets they're the third seed they won 25 games at home they did uh they were 18 and 14 away so they're nearly 500 uh when they yeah. play away so it's like they're they what's, guess what's their home lost. record uh their home record is uh 25 and eight Okay, see,
1: I knew that they were just kill it at home, and the, the road's a little yeah. shaky. But with the Nuggets, I feel as if that's like the IT Celtic years and the fact that we would just use all our gas in the regular season and, like, the Cavs of those seasons. Um, they had another level they can get up to. When the Celtics, they were scrapping the whole year. Yeah, I got, they got the one seed. Yeah, the Nuggets always end up in, like, the top three in the West, but I don't think they have another gear to shift into. Uh, yeah, at least no. I think sell the Celtics do now, but I think the Nuggets are still stuck in that purgatory between elite and good. I think they're a great team, but I don't know if they could piece it together. That's why I'm interested to watch them in the bubble, especially if Bull, Bull is getting a serious run, um, depending <laughs> Bull Bull. on if he's going to be a legitimate X factor. But anytime you can throw a seven foot, 5,000 like inch player, <laughs> he's going to make yeah. a difference.
2: They had the tallest lineup in NBA history during that one scrimmage game. Yeah, Yeah, Jokic at the point, right? Yeah, right. Like, like, if they pull out some shit like that, like, who knows? But, I mean, I like the Nuggets because they're a very deep team. They're well-rounded. Like, their bench, they have solid guys come off the bench. But I agree with you. Like, they're a great team, but they're not a team that will reach that upper tier yet because, I mean, Jokic obviously is their superstar. He's their best player without a doubt. And then you look who's up next, Jamal Murray. He's a good player. Like, I'm not trying to downplay that. But he hasn't really, like, elevated his game to the point where I feel like people have wanted him to. Yeah, he's
1: not, like, a number one because that's Jokic. No. But he's not a great number two either. Like, he's going
2: to have to – Jamal Murray, even though he's not their number one on offense, like, technically, he needs to be their number one scorer on that team. Because Jokic can do his thing. But, like, you need, like, someone like Murray putting up, like, 25 a game. Like, 20, 25 easily every night. And then, you know, Michael Porter Jr., I think, in a few years when he gets more playing, I think he just needs more playing time. I think, I think Michael he needs Porter, to get off
1: social media. He <laughs> also,
2: he says some uh, some controversial things.
1: Ever since quarantine started, he he's boots on the ground, all lives matter. He's anti-vax, mm-hmm. and he thinks corona is big. And I saw this kid play in high school, and I thought he was going to be the next coming to rant because he dropped like, Forty points, just in front of my eyes. I'm like, this mm-hmm. kid is unreal. Him and his brother Jonte, and then they each. Maybe that's why they should get vaccines, because they crumble. Like their backs crumble. Jonte he has no back. Jonte ported tore his ACL, and nobody's he's rehabbing it, tearing it again. Like, the, I don't know. If I was Michael Porter Jr., I throw my phone in the nearest ocean at Epcot, i way. i 100%
2: agree with that but if we're going back to well, he know, him on very, the basketball court very good basketball like player. when he got drafted i think he, he went 14 he went yep. like right in the lottery he was a projected top 5 pick that this year he projected was just, number
1: 1 pick that he, year he could have been
2: number 1 he really could have been it was just that that back injury yeah, that right injury. before but the it, season
1: started he shut it down and that's exactly and
2: then he didn't play his rookie year really or maybe he he started playing towards the end but he's a guy that could literally he's a solid player he has the build he has the frame like the wingspan he can put up he can put up 20 points a game I think like if he has the playing time he can be a solid third option for that team but I also think the Nuggets have enough talent they have enough depth where they can package a lot of these guys together and just go out and get another like stud player and me and Ryan talked about this on one of our episodes like I don't know there has to be someone out there there could be someone that becomes available sooner or later and they just get that one guy that could put them over the edge or put them on that next
1: level who uh in between Jaw and the the Grizzlies or Zion and the Pelicans you want to see grab that eight seed? Jaw. Jaw. Definitely Jaw. From
2: I mean, if, if you're talking about who deserves it, I probably would say Jaw and the Grizzlies. I mean, I'm I love the Grizzlies. I love what they're doing in Memphis. Ja Morant, Jaron Jackson. Um they got uh Brooks down Dylan uh, Brooks, uh, Dylan yeah. Brooks, he's Jonas a, Valanciunas. A Jonas Valanciunas, like they have a solid setup down there. But I mean, for entertainment
1: purposes,
2: do Dude, the Pelicans
1: see, are marketable. Do we want to see Zion and LeBron in the first round? Like, but even I, then, you I get Zion. Know. Even then, if it's if it's Lakers Pelicans, they have that
0: trade for AD. You have ZO. There's a lot of history Andrew, there. Josh, I, I completely forgot about that. I kind of want to see Zion <laughs> now. You have a lot of history there. You got because the
2: media will just eat that up so Uh bad like you got like you said you have the trade ingram wanzo josh hart like they're gonna come out there with they're gonna want to like i mean don't
1: get me wrong it'll be the most like entertaining sweep of all time yeah the lakers will sweep them yeah Yeah, the late
2: don't get us wrong the lakers should sweep them like that it'll be
1: fun it'll be a fun week of storylines of just anything that we could milk out of this uh but yeah i mean I like watching Ja – I've always said before this season, like I don't know a single Grizzlies fan, but now they're all coming out of the woodworks, surprisingly, <laughs> around this time. But like Ja Morant single-handedly made the Grizzlies must-watch TV, like by himself, and that's insane. Yep. Zion, he didn't make the Pelicans must-watch TV. He just made whatever he plays, you're watching that game. He <laughs> made anything must-watch TV. It's not like you're flicking around and you think, oh, you're on League Pass one night, you're just looking around. And if there's if your team's not playing, you see the Pelicans are playing right now, and Zion's going on Twitter. You're gonna pick him over Jaw. You're gonna pick him over virtually anybody, unless it's like Lakers Clippers.
2: Yeah, no, I 100% agree. And imagine, imagine if the Pelicans like did win a game on them. You know, the media would be like, oh, like yeah, they win game. Zion, one. <laughs> they got the they got he got his win on the king. Like, is he coming for the throne? Like, they'll have all that stuff coming out. I just think it would be pretty entertaining. Um, whoever, I mean, realistically, whoever gets the eighth seed is gonna get swept. I mean, I. Yeah. This might be a little hot take, but I I stand by it. I think after next season, John Morant is going to be on the edge of being a top five point guard in the entire NBA. Like, I just think he has the talent. He has the shot. He has the athleticism, the speed, the playmaking. He added on, like, 15 pounds of muscle. Like, I think that was my biggest thing. If he adds that strength, he adds the muscle, and he can – bulk up and just be a uh, become a solid two-way player to add that to his game. And he's averaging like 29 and he's playing solid defense. I think he can make a, I mean, he's already made a name for himself. I think he's going to really like put his name up with the top right. tier point guard soon. Very then, soon.
1: Then let's do this. This is just young talent to build around. You okay. have, this is for the next 10 years, you can have like a start bench cut jaw Zion and Luca.
0: Oh my gosh! We've
1: done that. We've done a few of these before in yeah. our podcast. But for the for the next ten years, say so you get two of them on your team, one one start, one bench, and one you can cut. I feel like you have to start
2: Luca in this situation because, like, as a second year player, he's averaging nearly thirty ten and ten. Yeah. I mean, as a twenty one, twenty two year old, like that is just insane like he played he started he's been playing professionally since he was 16 um he has the experience of playing overseas he's gonna have he's gonna get his first taste of the playoffs this year so we'll see how uh, that goes with him but he has the talent i think the only que- the only things i really have against luca is he has a he shoots i mean it's not terrible it's not the worst he shoots like 31 percent from three but he chucks up like nine a game he just yeah. needs to you know just narrow that down, like, become a solid, <laughs> a like, six I know seven. he shoots, his usage rate is, like, like, astronomically high, 99. it's insane, like, so, I mean, he just needs to, you know, not take smarter shots, like, I know he takes those step back threes, like, those near half quarters, like, between half and three, and he bang, and he cashes a lot of them, um, that and playing defense, he's more of an offensive-minded player than he is on defense. He kind of is like is is James Harden in the sense where it's like he puts all his energy on offense and defense. He's kind of like he's just kind of floating around. Um, but I mean, if we're gonna have to bench someone, like if we're being realistic, I mean Zion, you'd probably want to pick Zion, right? Yeah. I mean he's already like probably one of the strongest players in the NBA. You see him coming at you, either you're gonna go there and like try to take it and you're gonna get killed, or you're gonna turn to dust or you're going to get out of his way and he's just going to do whatever he wants. Uh, I think it's just, that's always going to be, I feel like kind of like with Luca and Trey young, like their names are always going to be tied together. Cause they had that, that draft night trade. I think John Morant and Zion are always going to be tied to each other as far as like the best young talent in the NBA. But I mean, two different positions, two different situations. I mean, since Zion is 285, you know, can run him. like he does, <laughs> like he does. I mean, you probably have to give it to him, but it's not saying anything about John Morant. Like, I'm still very yeah. high on him. well,
1: I was saying this to kind of transition into Luka. For as good as John Morant is, we just said Zion's better. Just For as good as both of them are, Luka right now is better than both of exactly. them. Exactly, yeah. There's a lot of good young NBA talent, and he's paired with Chris Dops. I don't know how much noise they're going to make in the bubble. I don't think they're going to really move anywhere seating wise and I don't think they're really going to get out of the first, definitely not the second round, but they're going to be entertaining games. Do you think the Mavs, say, two, three years from now, are still running into this trouble? Are they still running to the wall of we can't get past X team, Y team, because they're not being able to build around poor Zingas and Luka? Or do we think they each take monster steps in their game? Because Kristaps is still young. He's, what, 24, 25 years old? Like, mm-hmm. It's, it's weird because Devin Booker is 23 years old. He's a five-year NBA vet. It's like, wild. People come into the league and cook when they're 18, so by the time they're the fifth year in the league, Kyle Kuzma is older than Devin Booker. And he, I wild. think Booker has two more years of experience. Like, That's wild to think about. It, you can't look at experience at it like with, uh, with Porzingis because he's still young just because he has a good amount of years because you probably think he played for the Knicks decades ago, two, three years ago and he was 19, 20 years old. So, do you think, think Luca and Kristaps work well together in the future? Do you think they have to eventually add someone on, blow it up? What are your thoughts?
0: What do you think, Ryan? Honestly, like, if they're still getting into the situation that they will be in if they are just getting bounced out of the second round. You either look to move Kristaps because, honestly, I think that Luca is your guy for forever. Like, I don't think you should get rid of him. He's the perfect guy to build around. He can do everything. Or they just feel – they just – clear a bunch of space with role players and they bring someone else in. So, I mean, I don't know how the money situation will work, but if they can form some kind of, um, I guess, big three there, and then they get by, then that will probably work. But if, like, in the next three years, if they're still in the situation, you either trade Chris Stapps or you just try to bring someone in that's good enough that can complement both of them.
2: Yeah, I feel like you have to give it at least one more year. Of Luca and Kristaps, and see where it takes you. I feel like this year, kind of like
1: yeah, I think it two more years because of that. Yeah, I
2: think Kristaps was coming off this of torn ACL, and I mean, it took him a long time to recover from it and get back because the guy is seven foot two. That's like yeah,
1: ACLs seven his yards. ACL long. is
2: like <laughs> yeah, it's so it's like, a first crazy. down. <laughs> yeah, so it took him a while to get back to that, and so I think you got to give him some slack there. I think what the 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 Mavs should do though is go out and get an, a wing player. Like, they don't need another guard. Luka Doncic is, you know, he's a six-foot, seven, six-foot-eight point guard. He can handle the ball. He can play. If you want to do a, play a big lineup, you could put him at the three. Hell, you can even put him at the four if you want. Uh, and Chris Stapps, he's more of a power forward, but you can put him at center. He's a, the big man that you that you want there. It's just, they need another wing scorer, someone that could just a three and D type of player. Maybe, like, you know, no one crazy. Maybe, like, I don't know, DeMar DeRozan. He's gonna be a free agent coming up if they yeah, want to. Yeah, but even save then, I think him.
1: he. I think he's chalked. I don't think he, he might
2: not. So that might that, might, that might, that might not be the best example. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. also might be a guy chasing more max money, and they might not want to give it to him. Or how about someone like Danilo Gallinari, someone that yeah. can just come in, put up 18, 19, 20 points a game? That's all you're really gonna ask. And he's then.
1: another European player or Italian yeah, player. Yeah,
2: he fits fit right, right in playing. with Luca <laughs> and Chris Apps. You kidding me? Like that would probably be like. An ideal like what they'd want to look for right now, like not another guard, not another big man, and then like fill them around with the role players. Like they got Seth Curry, that's the best shooter in yeah, NBA history. Yeah, he's doing crazy good right You know now. what I mean? So it's like you're fine with him. They got um, I think they do. They I think they might have still have Tim Hardaway Jr. Like they got solid role players on that team. Like JJ Berea. JJ Berea, uh, legend, uh, Boban, of course. Yeah, I mean, yeah.
1: yeah. Well, what's interesting with them is kind of like. I I think they're similar to how the Bucks built themselves in the sense that they they really didn't sign any huge free agent names. You want to call DeAndre Jordan a huge free agent, even though he got pulled and then he came back. Go ahead, but it's not really. <laughs> the Bucks, however, like the only team you see all these teams signing two super uh, superstars, maybe three superstars, and you just build around that. The Bucks, they see Giannis, and they just fill their team with what fits around Giannis's game. Nobody expected Chris Middleton to be an all-star, really, I don't think, when he yeah. was coming out. Like, he was a good player, for sure, but nobody expected him to take this jump. I think that helps, like, this, the, the system that the Bucks have. I think he shines a little more because of that system. Um, you see Eric Bledsoe. Yeah, he was a free agent signing or he came over in a trade, but they don't sign any really big-name people. They're just signing enough good enough people that excel at the role to fit around Giannis. I don't know if the the Mavs can do that with Kristaps and Luca because, like I said, that's kind of already signing two superstars. But if you like Kristaps' walk, you could build something around Luca if people are really this high in Luca and think he's actually going to be something huge. Why might, might not take a, a a play out of their playbook in that sense? But you never know.
2: Yeah, uh, no, I feel like especially too. My bad, Ryan. I feel like especially too like they are going to be tied with cap for. Like, Kristaps signed a five-year $158 million extension. He's going to be paid over $30 million a year for the next five years. Like, they're going to be tied with that. Whenever Luca's up for a contract extension, you know. He's getting Mahomes money. You know you, Exactly. You know he's going to get, like, whatever the max is at that point, which in every year – I mean, now with the pandemic, it might be a little different. But, like, you – every year, usually, that max contract, it goes up. The amount of money they can give players – goes up. And whatever they can give Luca, he's going to hit all the incentives. He's going to get the all NBA. He's going to get the awards. Like, so he's going to get as much as he possibly can. And then at that point, it's like, okay, you're paying two guys more than 30, maybe even close to $40 million a year. Well, what can you do with the rest of that money? Like, I mean, I know Tim Hardaway makes a good amount of money. Harrison Barnes. Harrison, uh, Harrison, oh, he's actually on the Kings.
0: So, no, I know. I was making a joke. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, it's like they don't want to Harrison Barnes contracts money contracts
2: like that. Like, they don't want to be – if they're going to give out money like that, they got to give it to someone that actually deserves it. So, it's like, you know, you have to be smart about who you give that money to, the rest of your money to, filling your team with role players. Guys, like I mentioned, like Danilo Gallinari, like, they just have to be smart with it moving forward. I mean, And with Mark Cuban as the owner, like, I know he's a very passionate sports fan. He really – Wants to see his team win. So I'm sure he'll do whatever it takes as far as like, you know, going, uh, having to pay the tax, going into the tax threshold. Um, so I mean, I think they're still very, I mean, they're very, 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 very young. So they have plenty of good years ahead of them. I think they need to give you another one or two years to experiment, experiment with what they have, maybe go out and get a solid free agent. And then at that point, if it doesn't work, you can try to blow it up. And it probably wouldn't be trading Luca. That's probably not going to be the way they do it.
0: I team. feel like you should never trade Luca. There's exactly. just no way.
2: Like, well, that's the thing. It's like if you're gonna trade Luca, like, you, what are you gonna get back for him? Like,
0: I don't you have to get you have to get, get literally the best player in the league back. For exactly. Him. Like, you have All to right, get. Uh, like, well,
1: let's do this. You have a five year contract, a five year, whatever, like a uh, max contract, and you give a player a blank check and let him sign whatever. So you're this guy is 100 percent coming to your team. Who are you picking over the next five years? Anybody in the NBA? Anybody. Yeah, so anybody's contracts up, you're about to sign a max contract, who's the one person you want to build around until what? 2025? Honestly, I'd probably go Giannis.
0: Yeah. That'd probably- like I because honestly, if you do look at Giannis, you just have to surround him with shooters. So he can do everything else. He can That's literally like- do he can literally do everything else. You have him drive the rim, no one's going to stop him. He's too long to, to play him in the post. He can obviously pass. I mean, like, he's probably not, like, one of the best passes in the league, but he can pass. I mean, he can do everything else. You just need to surround him with good guys that can, that can penetrate and good guys that can shoot.
1: Am I dumb that my mind instantly went to Jason Tatum? <laughs> like, it, could be, it could be a Celtics bias, <laughs> but if everybody's going to keep comparing him to Kobe, to Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. to young this, to young that, and he's pretty good on defense. He doesn't get a lot of credit. He's getting, like, two steals a game. He's very he's good on defense. Yeah. Like, yeah. do I think Giannis is better? Yeah. Would I rather build around Tatum's game than Giannis's game? Probably. If he can shoot substantially better than more all Giannis. around. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a fair argument. I would pick. Then again, like, this is going to be my Celtics fan bias to me. I'd pick Tatum. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, Giannis. If you I, ask me this. I, you, I would even still pick Kawhi in this because I'm like, you're still going to get the best out of
0: Kawhi, no matter what. If you, if you ask me Kawhi this automatically, this automatically now, makes you a contender.
2: Yeah, yeah. When you get guys like Kawhi and Giannis, like you know what you're getting out of them. Like Tatum, you kind of know. It's what a you're risk.
1: Getting you're rolling the dice, but like it's, you, it's like
2: you. He had a great past two, three months. Like, mm-hmm. but are you gonna get that from him? Like night in and night out going forward. Like, if you ask me, this two years from now, Ty. I, I might switch up my answer. And oh, I yeah. Might if you, you ask me this a
1: month from now, I'd be like, oh. Exactly. Like, it's Tatum. like I want to see – 40 in the bubble, I'm
2: taking Tatum. I, I am very – like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm riding the hype train for Tatum. Like, I like everything that he's done the past few months, like, I'm just eating into the hype that's around him. But I want to see him come into the playoffs, come back into this bubble, the regular season games, the playoffs. And I want to see him do that again. I want to see him maybe, you know, maybe not be – the player of the month averaging 30, 31 points a game. But like, I want to see him being the, like the guy on the Celtics going forward. Like and if he can do that in this playoff run, and then, then my mind's going to start, my mind's going to start going in some dirty places.
1: Two things before we wrap this up, I want to talk about two final teams. One, the team who's probably not going to make a lot of noise, but they coming into the year, I didn't think there'd be a fun team to watch, but now I've been watching a lot of the games The Oklahoma city thunder. Mm-hmm. Thoughts on them with Shea? You got Dennis Schroeder, Chris Paul, Steven Adams, Gallinard, like we keep talking about. I don't know if they're going to really make noise, but I think they're a tough first-round matchup that you just don't want to see.
2: Yeah, I mean, the scrimmage game, we played them first game. They beat but. us by, by 14 <laughs> <Wexed. points. laughs> They killed us. They Well, they beat us by 14. In the scrimmage game, we looked like absolute garbage. The, the Thunder looked like they were ready to go. They looked like they were ready to start the regular season uh, a month ago. Uh, I think that thank God you know they're in the West because they are going to be a team that you do not want to play in the first round. Like, do I think that they will beat a, their first round opponent? Like right now they're the fifth seed. They're tied with the Rockets uh, for the fifth, sixth seed. They are only they're only a game and a, a two and a half games behind the, the Nuggets for the third seed. So I mean you know if they go on a, a win streak, the Nuggets go on a losing streak, like they swing a few of those games, they could they could sneak up to the third seed. Who knows? But I think they are one of those teams that like they had a 0.2% chance to make the playoffs. ESPN gave them before the season started. And look where they are now. Like I just Man, think that
1: stockpiling draft picks. They have every they single have, draft pick.
2: They <laughs> ha- I think they have 13 draft picks up. That in the next so, four like, years, right? It's it's absolutely nuts like what they were able to get back from Paul George and Russell Westbrook and still be contenders. Like that is just like unheard of. Like that might be like this could be one of the best, quote-unquote, rebuilds that we've ever seen. Like, who it's knows the if they can. They, like, the Celtics. I mean, look, they were, the Celtics were a contending team. They were making it to, like, the Eastern Conference Finals with Isaiah, making Shared it to the playoffs. The players, and, yeah. and they had the Nets pick still. And then yep. they were adding on Jalen, Jason, the teams that were making Conference Finals. So, it's like, the Thunder are set up so perfectly. I know Chris Paul didn't want to play he was like, I didn't want to play for the Thunder. He wanted to get traded. Now, I mean, he might want to stick around for a little while and see where this or see where this team goes. Because Shy Gilgis, Alexander, bro, he's a stud. The like, truth, out of Kentucky. I understand that, like, the Clippers had to trade him to get Paul George. And if you look back on that, like, yeah – You you had to do do that that.
1: nine million times out of ten.
2: Like you're gonna do that, but that's also when Paul George and Kawhi end up leaving the Clippers and they go off and do their own thing. The Clippers are gonna see Shy in Oklahoma and they're gonna be like, "Damn, like we kind of wish we still had that kid." Like he's gonna be a very solid player in a few years to come. And he's uh, I wrote an article. It was kind of like a just a cool thing to talk about. It's like okay. Matt Mahomes signed a 10-year contract. Like, which players in the NBA would you give a 10-year contract to? And a lot of people said that they'd uh, they'd give it to Shy. And, I mean, like, you know what? Like, that's not really someone I would think of. But there's a good argument as to why you would want to give him that because he has a lot of promise, a lot of potential. I can see him being an all-star within the next two, three years. Maybe. Maybe not even three years.
1: And then last thing I want to talk about um, every single year going to the playoffs is Team specifically, of one person has a lot of question marks going around him, and that is James Harden and the Rockets. And I don't see anything changing this year. Um, I don't. I just don't think they pull it together. I, I don't think the small ball works. I don't think having PJ Tucker being six four your center. Don't think that works. <laughs> I, I just don't think this is the Rockets' year. I think this is another year of Harden slander. Personally, I do not like watching Harden play because I like he doesn't win. Like ah, that's wrong. I like watching him play except when he faces the Celtics because he just infuriates me. Or when he shoots a million free throws a game, which Mm -hmm. is basically every game. But when he cooks, he cooks. So I'll give him that. I
0: I just don't don't think they work. I just don't think they work. Simple as that. I just don't like his play style. Like, well, look, obviously he's one of the best facilitators in the league. He has one of the best handles, everything like that. Like, his, his step backs, like, basically unstoppable. It's just he holds the ball too much and he doesn't pass enough. Like you can't just play iso ball the whole game. That's the thing that infuriates me about him is just you have to move it faster. Like and especially with the team that they're going to have, it's going to be all shooters, so if he's able kicks, to yeah. yeah, exactly. That's what I was about to say. Is he if he's able to just drive and kick everything, they'll be fine. But he won't be able to take on the whole team by himself. Same with Russell Westbrook, like with with him and with him and Harden, like they just start to chuck up shots. You can't do that. If they're going to play it smart, try to drive and kick. You have enough shooters on your team, that's literally what your team is. It's just you don't have a big man. You just have shooters. So drive and kick.
2: Yeah. Here are my thoughts about James Harden and the Rockets. One, I think James Harden is one of the most, if not the most, overrated scorer in NBA history. I understand there was the stat thing that came up saying he was number one in all these categories when it comes to scoring. Of course, he's number one in field goals made because he's number one in field goals attempted. Of course, he's number one in three points made because he's number one in three-point attempted. Same thing with free throws. He averages 34 points a game. He is the in the most ideal, the most perfect offense for a guy that just cares about scoring numbers. <laughs> when it when it comes to the playoffs, too, Russell Westbrook and James Harden, I believe, are the two, two of the easiest players. To like, you know what they're going to do. You 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 can not contain them to the sense that you're going to hold them like, James Harden. Yeah, I'd let him
1: go for 50 and cover historically everybody else.
2: It's histor- James Harden is historically known to not show up in big moments. Like, he does not he does not come up in, like, the, the Game 7s. He does not show up when it matters the most in the playoffs. 2011 Ru- Heat. Russell Westbrook, too. Like, I mean, you look at uh, the NBA leaders uh, for most turnovers in a, in a season. From numbers 1 to 5, James Harden and Russell Westbrook take up all five, like, from 1 to 5. They are they, – they they chuck up shots – they throw the ball away. They the the Rockets screwed themselves by trading away Clint Capella and just yeah. just going small ball. Like I just don't think that's ever gonna. Tell me this: They go up against the Lakers. Who the hell is gonna guard Anthony Davis? Like who? Like and FJ Tucker isn't gonna guard Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis would average thirty five points a game that series at least against 26 the Twenty six minutes. <laughs> like that's gonna be like the easiest easiest matchup for him. Like I just think the Rockets just kind of. They put themselves into a corner by doing that, especially. And I just, I know uh, Westbrook and Harden are friends. I know, like, they enjoy playing with each other. I just don't think that team is meant to win a championship. And James Harden and Russell Westbrook, too, they, they might end up going down as two of the best players in, you know, in the sense that what they've accomplished throughout their careers to never win a ring. I, I just can't see James Harden winning a ring with his play style. And same thing with Russell Westbrook.
1: Last thing before we wrap up, final thought. Uh, what is your finals prediction? Who's in it? How many games do they win in? Uh, me, hopefully. I'm just going to go a hopeful stance on this. I think Celtics win over seven against the Lakers because that's, <laughs> that's just what I want to say. I know I it's a cliche. It. I know it's a bad answer. and I know it's homerism, but I'm taking that. Homer, I love it. <laughs> I didn't know that's a word. I said that. I'm like... <laughs>
2: we'll let it ride. Uh let it ride. <laughs> optim- the, my optimistic pick is I'm going Celtics over Lakers in in seven and six games. I'll give them six there we games. Go. <laughs> and then my realistic pick, I'm going to go Lakers over Bucks in in six games.
0: All right, here's my fandom pick, Celtics over Lakers in four. Uh, <laughs> my real my realistic pick is going to be uh Lakers and Celtics and Lakers win 4-2.
1: All right, okay. well, she's not a Celtics fan, it sounds like. All right, uh, thank you. you. Were, <laughs> I just said, I just said
0: nothing. What I that want was, that to That was your realistic. <laughs> a realistic, 42. What am I going to say? I, I have to say that. It's realistic. No, you're right. All right,
2: plug your
1: guys' stuff one more time. Check out Chasey Banners. Follow these guys on Twitter. Uh, We're going to keep it a tight show, but I definitely want to have you guys back on eventually later when the bubble uh, proceeds, probably in like two weeks or something. Catch up one more time. See how it's going. Uh, but yeah, plug anything you want. Where can we find you guys? All that stuff.
2: Well, my name is Dante Toro. Once again, Tyler, thank you for having us on. But you can follow me on Twitter at Downtown Deck. There you'll find in my bio the, the Twitter handles for our, both of our podcasts, Chasing Banners and Hoops Caviar, which Ty, we also want you to hop on. Of One of these days, we'll, we'll send you the invite. Um, you can follow me on Twitter there. I, you can check out my articles. You can check out. Our, our podcast, all, all types of Celtics content, NBA content that will be coming out in the very foreseeable future. Ryan, how about you, my man?
0: You can find me at 401 Sheen on Twitter. I do chasing banners with Dante and the hoops caviar, which he mentioned. Uh, and then my own personal podcast is called Sheehan's World, which Tyler was on himself, which was an awesome episode. And then I also have an Instagram for that, which is called Sheehan's World Pod. That's just a handle for it. and But other than that, thank you so much for having us on, man. Yeah, make sure you guys toss
1: them a follow. They're good Twitter followers. I'm not sure. I know we have a big Instagram following. We don't really have a Twitter following. I don't really use Instagram all that much. So while I'm here, I'm going to plug my own, Time Miller 508. <laughs> Chuck that, because I got deleted at 1,600 followers, and now I'm at like 200. So I'm out oh, here back cool. in the trenches. Anyways, Bosses Big 3. in the trenches. <laughs> episode 68. We'll catch you guys sometime next week. You on to look for a Joe Stafford. Chris Matthews of the Seattle Seahawks interview soon.